Just a friendly preemptive disclaimer here. What you are about to listen to is not, categorically not, a criticism of Deontay Johnson. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Steelers are, uh, they're not back in action today. They're going to have a media availability for 45 minutes beginning at 1.15 p.m. Tomorrow, Mike Tomlin has his press conference, and from there, the rest of the week goes the way normal weeks do, leading into Sunday's 1 p.m. home game against the Jets. As one can imagine, most of the dialogue regarding this game, certainly from the local perspective, will be based on quarterback play. I am not immune to that, as some of you will already know, and I won't be immune to it. But I'd prefer instead today, after all of the various negatives, and when I say negatives, I mean more often than not justifiable negatives, it still feels like a decent time to kind of hit the reset button. You know, now ideally the reset button would have involved a change of quarterbacks, if not a change of coordinator and a lot of other changes, but keeping it as promised, keeping it both real and positive, Deontay has been really good considering he's participating in an offense that goes nowhere, considering that his quarterback has passed for only 569 yards through three games, the fact that Deontay has 196 of those yards is impressive. The fact that he's got 21 catches, almost double the next highest total on the team on 33 targets, is impressive. If you want to beat him up for a perceived drop, and I'm underscoring perceived there, in that game at Cleveland, go nuts. If that's what you want to harp on because you remember a drop period that he had a couple of years ago or the one time he was benched in Buffalo, go nuts. I'm going to focus on what he's done well, and he's done a lot well. You'll notice that I haven't even mentioned the degree of difficulty of a couple of his catches. Well, degree of difficulty is about to become a thing that people only discuss in Pittsburgh as it relates to George Pickens' catches. But that's not really what Deontay is going to bring you more often than not. Rather, it's going to be, he'll be reliable, he'll run the right routes, he'll make the catches he's supposed to make, and then after he makes them, he'll be able to do one of those, you know, little boomeranging backward things and pick up more explosive yards off of that. Oh, wait. That's the one area where he still needs to get moving. It's the perfect time to advance your career and invest in yourself. Point Park University has lowered tuition on many master's degrees. Pay the same low master's price for courses online or on their gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus. Whatever works best for you. Choose from more than 30 Point Park master's and doctoral degrees. Save thousands of dollars with Point Park's reduced master's tuition. Visit pointpark.edu graduate. If one presumed that the Steelers had a coordinator who was capable of 
drawing up imaginative route trees, and they did get a little bit more interesting. If you've seen the diagrams from the New England game to the Cleveland game, yay. <laughs> well, if you've seen those and you were to, you know, fantasize about what it would be like to have really, truly sophisticated route trees, the kind that would confuse an opposing defense at the same time that they presented more opportunities for more yards after the catch, then you could picture a world in which Deontay catches the ball, has 21 catches, and comes up with more than eight yards after the catch. Now, as I said that right now, you're thinking that I meant an average of eight yards after the catch because the human brain can't even comprehend having a grand total of eight yards after the catch when you've made 21 of them. But that's happened. Now, you can either get on Deontay for the little loop thing that he does. You can say that he just hasn't made the right choices. Or you can fault the coordinator for constantly having Deontay catch the ball up the left sideline. I'll say this for the millionth time. Matt Canada builds wide receiver route trees as if he's playing rod hockey. They go forward, and then they go backward. Now, while one can argue that that's an improvement over Randy Feetner, who had his wide receiver route trees look like the foosball table that was in Chandler and Joey's apartment in Friends, they can only go side to side. This is something, okay? This is something. It's progress. It's forward and backward progress. But I want you to think, even peripherally here for a moment, about when you're seeing opponents face the Steelers, particular when it was the Patriots and Mac Jones, how often the Patriots were able to just plant a receiver somewhere over the middle or get them running across the middle. Then think about Cleveland when the Browns had everybody running sideways, all these crossing patterns, nobody better, of course, than the tight end, David Njoku, who was dominating the Steelers in more ways than one. And you ask yourself, where are those in the Pittsburgh offense? Why do you never see them? And when I say never, I mean actual bleeping never. I don't mean it like in the hyperbolic sense. I mean never. They don't run those patterns. And they've got at least two guys, arguably more, who should be great at it. One of them is Chase Claypool. The other is Pat Fryermuth. And you know who else happens to be pretty good at it, although you won't necessarily want him there getting killed across the middle, is Deontay. But you need a coordinator to do that. The thing that has bothered me the most through these two losses about listener reaction to daily shots has been this notion that because I'm criticizing Mitch Trubisky that I'm letting Matt Canada off the hook or giving him a pass as if I'm like some vice principal or something. No, no. Lots of things, lots of people can be to blame when your offense is this pathetic. I happen to believe that Trubisky and Canada are in a dead heat for this dubious distinction. So I want to call attention to that today, even as I highlight the positive oh no i really blew it with the positive didn't i i can't help myself when we come back j1q 
Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated Super Lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Dan Patterson, who asks, what is it about our defensive scheme compared to our opponent's that our receivers always have defenders all over them while their receivers run free. I swear I didn't pick this cue to be some sort of thing that fed off the opening segment. It's just kind of working out that way. But since Dan took the other side of the ball here, I'm going to bite on this because it is something that is at least of moderate concern, I would think, on the defensive side because you saw what David Njoku did. You saw what Amari Cooper did, and you saw how they did it. And you can be very sure that regardless of who New York has a quarterback, they're going to be trying a lot of the same things. I'm expecting it to be Joe Flacco. If it's Flacco, I mean, everyone knows how it goes with Flacco. But the reason that the Steelers were able to beat Flacco, including in his prime, not that they didn't lose to him as well, was that they'd put the pass rush on him. That's who the Steelers are. They've had no pass rush for the last couple weeks. That's the thing. If you want to break down, Dan, what's happening in the secondary, and when you say, hey, hang on, why was Terrell Edmonds getting beaten repeatedly? Well, Terrell Edmonds had a really lousy game. That's why. Number one, okay? And when T.E. gets beaten early, He lets it affect him. We've talked about this. He'll beat himself up, and then the next pass comes, and he'll lose that one as well, and things just kind of snowball on him. Not good. We also saw the corners getting beaten, notably Akella Witherspoon, although I would imagine you're not going to be seeing him for a while, judging by the way he was holding that hamstring when he got hurt. But the approach, the approach is more of a zone. The Steelers are still aiming at, although they'll deny this, tackling the catch. It's the Dick LeBeau defense that never really left. They want to make sure that they're preventing six. On every play, on every snap, the priority is preventing six. So the answer for this, within the Steelers' own model, is for T.J. Watt to come back. Nobody wants to hear that, but you have to have not an effective pass rush, You have to have an elite pass rush to make the Steelers' defensive mode of operandi. Is that the proper term? Mod is operandi? I don't know. It sounded good, right? If you have that, then the motto, whatever, works. It just works because you're getting to the quarterback. You're rushing them. You're not giving chances for these plays to develop. And if you... See the route trees, to use that term again, that Njoku and Cooper were running, they took a while to develop. The reason that they were allowed to develop is that it took way too long for the Steelers to get pressure on Jacoby Brissett and or they were worried, and rightfully so, about Nick Chubb. 
But the short-term and the more feasible solution, I feel, and I'm confident that pretty much everybody on that side of the football in the locker room would agree with me on this, is to first stop the run. Because if you can't stop the run, you can't stop anything else. And at the end of the day, for everything else that we saw that we didn't like and can pin on whether they're tired or this or that or whatever, when you give up 171 yards on the ground, and that's what Cleveland totaled, you aren't going to win that football game. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.